Or are you listening to this podcast now? Settle in, grab a cuppa, it's all welcome. It's the Velasco Fitness Collective Podcast with James and Ellie. Hey team, welcome to another episode of the Velasco Fitness Collective Podcast. This one's going to be a little bit different. We ran a seminar for members of Velasco Fitness Collective that was delivered by Chrissy Foster Pullen. She generously gave up her time to talk at length about everything fitness and pregnancy, pre and postnatal fitness, what to do, what to avoid, what worked for her, what's worked for other people, and a whole lot more. It was a seminar delivered via Zoom. So we figured we'd make the recording available in podcast form so that it was easy to find and available to as wide an audience as possible. Loads of really useful information in this, whether you are pregnant, whether you are a coach, whether you have somebody in your life that is pregnant or has just had a baby, or if it's something that you think might be in your future and you want to support whoever it might be with maintaining a level of fitness during both the pregnancy and after the fact. Really, really interesting 40 minutes coming up. Obviously, if you've got any questions, as Chrissy says at the end, reach out and enjoy. We will be back next time with a slightly more typical format. So without further ado, it is time to level up with Chrissy Foster Pullen. Tonight, I'm going to be, as I've said, quite gemalized about, so I'm going to cover pregnancy, fitness, then I'm going to discuss postnatal fitness for you all. Um, I'm going to run through first trimester, second trimester, third trimester as a general gauge for what we would expect in terms of modifications for you all. Um, and then I'll go into the postnatal fitness. So first trimester then so we're talking naught to 12 weeks um in terms of athletes which is what you all are if you train consistently more than twice a week you are classed as an athlete um for the first trimester you don't tend to change a great deal purely because your energy levels as long as you're not constantly being sick um the feeling of nausea actually can subside when you exercise so a lot of athletes show um when they train they actually feel better and again the endorphins kick in and the nausea goes which is great um for the first trimester as well it's important uh for you guys to know that uh the hormone relaxing which i'm sure you've probably all heard of um it actually peaks at 14 weeks and a lot of prenatal athletes do not realize that it is that quick a lot of women think that it is a lot later on and it's not so in terms of stretching and especially um, in terms of progressive stretches in the first trimester we do not progressively stretch you due to the relaxing as I said peaking at 14 weeks okay um the other main thing to get into as well in the first trimester as long as energy levels are fine you can continue your fitness as it was um the only thing that we would reduce is any um impact exercise and again so we would class uh bar muscle ups if you're doing those as a possible impact exercise so that would be 
um, eliminated from your training in the first trimester. And again, you can appreciate why if you're likely to hit your bar into your tummy. So that would be removed. Um, but we then start introducing pelvic floor exercises. If you are pregnant and then postnatal, your pelvic floor is going to be key to your recovery. And it's the worst thing as well, because it is so boring. And I totally feel, feel that for you guys as well. I'm still doing it now. You, it will stay with you forever. Um, after having children, it's a muscle that we have to work. And again, it's not just women. Um, so I train a lot of men as well for strength training and men to have to work their pelvic floor. They don't know, but I let them know. So pelvic floor, if you haven't heard of the app, there is an app called Squeezy. It is free, it's from the NHS. Um, all pelvic floor physiotherapists recommend it. They had a lot of input into it. The app basically, especially if you're like me, I'm constantly on the go, I need to be nagged. And that app will nag you, but not only will it say you need to do your pelvic floor now, it will show you the intensity and for how long, which again is um, a massive priority when you're doing your pelvic floor throughout pregnancy and postnatally. So Squeezy is the app, you'll find it is free, it's on the app store, download it. Even if you only have it for a couple of months and think you're irritating me now with the nagging, at least you know exactly, the, so there's three types of pelvic floor exercises and you'll know one, what they are and two, the duration for each of those. So that then when you've had baby, regardless of whether it's a vaginal or a C-sectional birth, you will need to do your pelvic floor. Okay, so that is key. So first trimester, not a great deal of changes. Second trimester, as you can imagine, for those who are first time mums, um, your body, you lucky things, will be quite slow to change. So for you guys, it may take a bit longer for your bump to develop. For those who are second time parents, our bodies just go bump <laughs> and you'll notice a lot quicker, annoyingly, because I was hoping to stay in my jeans for a bit longer, but no, a baby had other ideas. So, bump is a, a big topic for us. Um, and again, this is why this is kind of like a general discussion about um, pregnancy in terms of using barbells. So, for myself and clients that I train, as soon as I can see they have a bump, I eliminate all barbell exercises. Now that's not to say that you can't still do strength exercises, but we swap it to dumbbells. And the reason being for that is, obviously we have spent, you guys included, we spent a lot of time mastering the correct barbell path. And by having a bump, you are likely to start coning it round. Okay, and we, as you know, we want a nice straight line in any lift. Not only that, it will cause you to have at times an excessive arch in your lower back and that's called lordosis. And again, 
in pregnancy that becomes quite excessive especially near the end where your bump is really pronounced because all of your weight is forwards and that's normal but if you then add into that a barbell and with added weight onto that barbell you're increasing that lordosis you're making your barbell path worse and you're also putting excessive strain on your linear elbow going down the front of your abdominals. So for the second trimester, again, for, for clients that I train, I watch for when their bump is visible and we switch then to dumbbells, okay? The other thing in the second trimester is looking at high impact exercise. So running, box jumps, um, anywhere where you're gonna have a lot of what would be pelvic floor um, pressure, we would look to either reduce dramatically or at times I would completely eliminate it. Running is the only one really that you we would be led by the athlete themselves. So again, if the athlete is comfortable running, that's fine. If you are then getting any sensations of urgency, so needing to go to the toilet, um, if you have any stress incontinence, and that can be both urine or fecal, which people don't realize even in pregnancy, and that's a massive indicator that your pelvic floor is just not holding up, okay? So those are bulging is another, um, a real feeling of dragging down is a real indication that your pelvic floor is really struggling to hold baby up because it acts as like a hammock in the bottom of your abdominals, okay? Um, are you all aware of your pelvic floor? Just nod if you are, what the muscles do. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, cool. So imagine that muscle anyway, and then imagine having the weight of a baby, an ever increasing sized baby pressing on that um, pelvic floor. And that's its job. Eventually, it's going to press right into your pelvis. So running, we're definitely athlete-led. And for yourselves, urgency or needing to go to the toilet quickly, as in I need to go now, or I'm going to wet myself, is normally the first trigger for that. Okay, so if that's happening, and if you're not able to control that, whether that's slowing down, um, reducing the intensity, uh, reducing the distance, um, using your breathing, if you can't get rid of that, then we would look to substitute that with something else. Okay, the same for box jumps. Box jumps, again, you can do that until you feel that dragging. For me, I tend with clients, that's the other one, double unders. I would uh, remove box jumps and double unders as soon as they get to their second trimester. And that's purely because in pregnancy, it seems like forever, and especially in your first pregnancy, it feels like, why do I have to change all of these things? But I promise you, when you then come out the other side of pregnancy, the better your pelvic floor is, the quicker your recovery will be. If you put additional stress on your pelvic floor by doing box jumps, double unders, running, then you are essentially making that pelvic floor work harder for no reason, 
essentially, okay? Again, remembering relaxing has peaked at 14 weeks and the job of relaxing is one, to help the pelvis to move so that baby can come through, but also to relax your pelvic floor. So can you see how we're kind of working against the pelvic floor if you're then still doing double unders, box jumps running? So those things I would definitely um, eliminate. We would also look to change, I wouldn't say eliminate, but we would change abdominal work. So in the second trimester, you would no longer be on your back. You would then be on all fours or standing we would look to really use your transverse abdominals, which is the massive, it's a massive muscle that comes from your back all the way around and joins to the front of your linear alba. They call it the corset muscle. And that's the muscle that we would look to strengthen throughout pregnancy and especially afterwards. That is the key muscle that will bring your deep abdominals back and it prevents what, what you can see as um, kind of like, you look still pregnant, but you're not after um, birth. And, and you'll, you'll spot it actually with women who have um, either weak TVAs or um, quite excessive abdominal separation, okay? So yeah, the second trimester, there would be no toast bar, there would be no planking, um, no sit-ups, sit-ups especially pull your abdominal walls apart. So we would look to remove that, but we'll replace it with a lot of banded work, um, a lot of what would be um, quadruped work. So on your hands and knees, um, so what would be reverse dead bugs is a great one. So whatever we take out, there will always be an exercise we can swap it for. Okay, so your second trimester is definitely, unlike the first trimester, the second trimester is all about changing your mindset so that exercising is purely to have those endorphins, um, reduce the possibility of gestational diabetes, because that's a great thing that doing exercise reduces, um, and just keeping you moving. We're no longer hunting for PBs and we're no longer lifting heavy. Okay, so after that, into third trimester, at this point now, baby is big. Um, you will be putting on, I love that, Hannah's like, yes. <laughs> yeah, she knows. Um, so yeah, by, by the third trimester, it is definitely all about moving. And in terms of intensity, we almost want it to be feeling too easy and that is absolutely fine because by keeping it too easy you're not putting any additional strain on your abdominal walls on your pelvic floor we just want you to have some form of endurance and to enjoy it is the primary function for the third trimester again by the last two to three weeks your baby is putting on a pound a week which if you equate that to like that's a bag of sugar so that's how much your baby is growing those last three weeks so again if you can imagine them trying to do box step ups etc just look constantly to modify and that is absolutely fine because then 
we go into postnatal. And for me, I love the prenatal. I love all of um, the, not challenges, but um, I love the differencing in modifications and variations of movement. But the postnatal for me is the exciting bit. So postnatal then. Once you've had a child, you will re remain postnatal then forever which women seem, a lot of women seem to think, well, I'll just go back once, once I've retrained my body, I'll just go back to how I was. And that's not the case. Your body will never go back to exactly how you were before pregnancy. And sometimes it actually goes back to being better, which is a good thing. So postnatal means that you've changed, you've had a child and that is forever. So postnatal pelvic floor, is forever <laughs> and for everyone me included um i tend to include my pelvic floor when i'm doing any form of core work um and what i will discuss with you now is learning to breathe through your abdomen okay so have any of you heard of 360 breathing and that's fine if you haven't. No, okay, cool. So you can Google 360 breathing. There'll be loads and loads of videos. Um, it's also um, kind of a Pilates um, kind of breathing technique as well, whereby you are using your breath from your back all the way around your abdomen. And you're using, instead of breathing through your chest, you're gonna breathe through your abdominals. Okay, by doing that, you pull your diaphragm down and as you breathe out, it goes up and you pull your pelvic floor up with it. Okay, so especially in postnatal training, it is all about learning to re-engage your core and making that mind-muscle connection with your pelvic floor because sometimes in trauma, you will lose that connection with your pelvic floor, okay? In order to have a tight core, you have to have abdominal, it's called intra-abdominal pressure. And if you have done any form of heavy weightlifting, you will know that, have you, well, all of you will have if you do CrossFit. So you would have done um, Valsalva breathing where you hold your breath and then you lift heavy. That is um, increasing the intra-abdominal pressure. If you do that and you have a weak abdominal pelvic floor or a weak abdominal um, separation, you will cause pressure on that pelvic floor and that can lead to the stress incontinence. It can lead to prolapse of bowels or bladder, okay? And especially after labor, prolapse is a big deal and that is something that we will absolutely try to prevent okay so pelvic floor if we then talk about postnatal recovery for naught to six weeks is when you want to be concentrating wholly on your pelvic floor exercises and your 360 breathing you can do lots of uh, breathing exercises. So um, heel taps, heel slides, 
um, knee slides to the side, bringing it back in. All of these exercises, the slower you do it, the better you will engage your pelvic floor, but also engage your deep abdominals and bring your abdominal wall back together. So um, not to six weeks is the fastest healing time postnatally. And that is why we have our six to eight week checkup, because in that time, they do expect a massive amount of healing. And again, if you have stitches of any kind, that is when they will check them. They should check them straight after, but they will check again, six to eight weeks. So that's when you normally have your check. After six weeks, we then go into our six weeks to three month window. And in this um, window, we look to do um, low impact exercise. So walking again, lots of core work. Um, I would imagine all of you are on Instagram. There is an amazing woman called Get Mom, M-O-M, Strong. She does a lot of core exercises using the red bands that um, X-band use. Um, and she also teaches 360 breathing um, and also the engagement between pelvic floor and your uh, deep abdominal muscles. So follow her because between six to three months, uh, six weeks to three months, that is when you want to be focusing solely on pelvic floor and also abdominal work. Building into that, walking. You can do light resistance work. So again, that red band is by far the best thing you can do. Um, and you do not wanna be doing anything heavy, again, because we don't wanna overstress that pelvic floor, okay? Um, then after that, we're into three to six months. So three to six months is when you will have done your maze healing. By three to six months, you're looking at testing that pelvic floor. Um, there are several exercises that you can do. Um, the Council of Physiotherapy have, um, and I will, uh, I'll, I'll try and tag it on, I'll try and add it to the Valesco group for you all. It's a brilliant document, basically it outlines um, what exercises you need to be able to complete before you can then progress to running, okay? So in order to test your pelvic floor, the first is walking. If you can walk without any stress incontinence, then move on to the next exercise, which is bounding. So you bound from one foot to the other. If you have no stress incontinence after that, you can then go to hopping. If you can hop, then they will move you on to running man. So um, you stand in a lunge, bring your leg forward. And again, it's all about tightening up those smaller muscles and ligaments again after relaxing. So again, let's talk about relaxing. Um, that hormone is still gonna be within your bodies. If you choose to breastfeed, it will be there until you stop. It will be in a lot less amount, but it will be there. So again, in terms of ligaments and tendons, they will be quite elastic, especially after birth. And again, over time, we wanna 
uh, eventually to strengthen the muscles around it and to enable those um, tendons and ligaments to take hold again. So prone preception is a big um, category of exercises. And for us as well, we've gone from being an athlete to being pregnant, where you've gone from having no bump to a ginormous bump, then the bump has gone and your center of gravity will have moved dramatically. And so will, so your proprioception is your mind muscle connection and your um, awareness of where your limbs are. So especially after pregnancy, the main worry is uh, injuries. Um, and that is purely because you are quite likely to roll your ankle or to fall over just purely because your center of gravity has changed so much. So proprioception is a big one. And again, that's included in that document in being um, a really important exercise to include. And again, you'd be doing that actually, like CrossFit includes quite a great deal of uh, proprioception at times. So it's not gonna be something completely alien to you, but it would be something that I would definitely recommend for you all to be including. So that would be um, three to six months. Also at this point, so not to six weeks, you, you should at your six to eight week check, ask if you can have an abdominal wall check. So the actual title of um, this check is a diastasis recti. Now, diastasis does happen in pretty much every pregnancy. And that is purely to enable your tummy to expand to allow your baby to grow. And that is the whole point of it. So please, you'll, you'll see diastasis everywhere and that it's horrendous and it's gonna be massive issues. And it's not, and please, please don't be afraid of it. Um, in naught to six weeks is when you'll make your biggest, you'll, you'll see straight after pregnancy, your tummy will come in loads. Um, by six weeks, ask them to check you. And by that, they will ask you to lie on your back, feet up, so as if you're about to go into a crunch and bring your chest up. You'll be able to feel all the way from your sternum all the way to your tummy button and then from your tummy button down to your pubic bone. And all you're looking for is any dip, okay? We normally tend to measure it by fingers, so one, two, three fingers, or some people will measure it with a tape measure. If I'm honest, please don't get too sucked into that. Um, the only time that we would be really concerned is if you had anything bigger than three finger width and if you are coning. So by that, if you come up to do a sit up and you have a massive dome on your tummy, then your linear alba and your abdominal walls are not functional. And therefore, if you do any core work, or any heavy lifting, they will not support your spine, okay? And that is why lots of women postnatally aren't aware that they have a diastasis and then they have a really sore lower back. So three to six months is when I would be really concentrating on reducing that gap. You'll be doing core exercises anyway between six to three months 
but you're kind of in the fourth trimester. And if I'm honest, it just feels like a constant day by day of eating, sleeping, pooing nappies, eating, sleeping, pooing. It literally, there is nothing else. And so, so if you can do core in that fourth trimester, hats off to you. But I would imagine you're just literally fighting survival is generally the end of the game. So after that, three to six months is when I get clients to really try and engage with core exercises. So again, you can start off slowly. Um, again, just even if you're lying on your back um, in that, again, sit-up position, so um, heels next to your bum, and all you're doing is rocking your pelvis forwards and backwards. Um, that is a great exercise. Again, if you're just doing heel taps, really, really slowly, but again, engaging your pelvic floor, engaging your deep abdominals, really working that transverse abdominal muscle, um, it will make a massive, massive difference. Um, for me, I still have, um, I think it's probably now one finger gap diastasis. And I doubt that will ever go now. So I am now two and a half years postnatal, but it is functional. And this is the key word, functional. So if I'm doing an exercise, um, toes to bar being one. So if I'm doing toes to bar and I don't think about what I'm doing, my stomach will cone and it looks like I have a snake in there still um but if i engage my muscle connection i can engage my abdominal wall and i can shut that gap and then there is no coning and then there is the um use of abdominal recruitment that you need the same for if i'm deadlifting if i'm power cleaning all of these elements require your core and if you have a weak core or a non-functional core you have a sore back so again you can have diastasis and it be functioning and you'll be fine okay so please don't um get kind of drawn into i've still got this diastasis it won't go um i'm never gonna be right which I have heard uh, from clients before. And that's just purely not the case. You will get functionality with it and you will be able to go back to exercises that you did previously, okay? So three to six months, that's when you're looking for increasing your um, core work. Then we go into six to nine months. So six to nine months is an exciting time because you can start increasing weight um running by this point so we tend i tie and tend to test for pelvic floor functionality at around four months and then if it's not there i'll keep testing it every month after again asking my clients right keep working on your pelvic floor again every time we do any abdominal work i will ask for them to engage their pelvic floor to make that intra-abdominal pressure so that they are able to engage that abdominal wall so when it gets to five months is normally when you are able to run then when you get to six to nine months you can start looking at 
increasing the impact and increasing the weight. Okay, so again, you want to be conscious of if you have any dragging, bulging, um, urgency to go to the toilet is too soon and just knock the weight off again. Go back to where you were comfortable and continue at that level of intensity. Then when you hit that point where actually, no, I'm fine. My pelvic floor is good. I'm happy. There's none of these symptoms. Then you can then look from nine months is when I would start looking at reintroducing double unders. Um, I'd also look at, at then reintroducing box jumps. You can, again, this is a very vague recommendation. So if your pelvic floor is good and you are sound, you could look to introduce them earlier. So again, this is just um, a recommendation as such. Um, the one thing that I will bring up though, and I'm not sure if you guys are all aware, especially for double unders, is that your jaw is linked to your pelvic floor. So if you run and you grit your teeth, or as I did, double unders, you will wet yourself. And I know, thank you, Laura. She knows, she knows, yes. That horrible moment. I did a workout in my garden and my husband came out and he was like, what is wrong with you? And I'd been gritting my teeth and I had literally wet myself because I was like, I just can't, I was so frustrated. I just can't get it. I just want them back. This is ridiculous. I'm nine months postpartum. This shouldn't be happening. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, your jaw is linked to your pelvic floor. This happens in utero. So it is normally 12 weeks, your jaw creates a fascia to your pelvic floor. So as you're in an embryo here, so this is your jaw, this is your pelvic floor. It then, as you grow, ends up lengthening, but it's still there. So if you grit your teeth or clench your jaw during running double unders, try and relax it. And you will notice that the tension in your pelvic floor will go. Okay, so again, another key that, that took me a long time to figure out as well, ladies, I'm not gonna lie. It took a lot, a lot longer than I would have liked. So again, all, all of these things, again, are just recommendations because again, all of you will be different. And again, this is why we're having this seminar. It, these are recommendations. And again, if your body is ready, then go for it. And if it's not, there's no problem with that either. We can then modify, we can wait until you're stronger. We will then hone in on what you need in order to strengthen yourself to then progress to the next level when you can then step it up again, okay? So that's a short, I say short, a quick overview of post, well, prenatal and postnatal. I realize um, throughout both, there are, um, especially prenatal, there is a lot that can go on in pregnancy. So there are um, kind of, not issues, but you can have preeclampsia, you can have pelvic girdle pain, you can have um, gestational diabetes, you can have lots of these things. But what I would say is, if you start to feel unwell, 
dizzy, excessively tired. Um, if you look like a white sheet, to ring your midwife and to talk to them, okay? And I would say, do not push yourself to exercise if you are feeling at all one in pain or two like crap, because it's just not worth it, okay? And pregnancy is that one time that you can afford that, because after that, you're gonna have a little mini me telling you, get up, and two, you're gonna have to carry them, so you need to be strong, okay? <laughs> so, in pregnancy is when you have that time. And yeah, if you're feeling rubbish, speak to your midwife, okay? And they will be able to best recommend the guidance for you, okay? So I have literally just verbal diarrhea at you for 40 minutes. Um, I'm open now to take questions. So if anyone has any questions, please, feel free to go ahead and ask them, she says. <laughs> okay, um, I was gonna say, you spoke quite a lot early on around sort of like impact and measuring that when you're pregnant. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot out there around like heart rate and things like that. Is that yeah. something to be thinking about and monitoring or is that sort of a bit of sort of past research that, you know, we've kind of gone so, there, yeah there, so heart rate used to be something that they did use a lot of now they use rate of perceived exertion or the torque test and the reason being is that heart rate is very different when you're pregnant due to the fact that your um, blood actually increases by up to 40 percent and so your heart is going to be working harder anyway, even if you sat down because it's got increased volume. So what they instead use now is rate of perceived exertion. And what they class that is between one and 10. One being um, when you're sat, well, actually led in bed asleep is one. 10 being that you've just ran 100 meters as fast as you can. And where we would like to have um, pregnant ladies is between five and seven in, I would say the first and almost most of the second trimester. After that, it would drop down then to between four and six. So you can then, um, it's all about reducing that intensity. But the easiest way is if you can talk, you're good. If you can't talk, then you need to reduce that intensity. And I'm glad you brought it up actually, because that goes hand in hand with heat. So if you are hot, this is not good news because you will cook your baby. And as you can imagine, they can't sweat like we sweat. So if you're hot, the, there are serious issues to that. So again, if you are exercising, you're overheating, then we would recommend that you reduce that intensity in order to one, make you not so excessive, excessively warm and two, yeah, to reduce the amount of pressure on your heart. Yeah, that's a really great question. Thank you. Thanks, Jess. Any more? I have a question. I know you're talking um, a lot about the ab separation and I yeah. guess you can test it after you've had the baby, but is there any signs without obviously doing, you're not going to sit down and do abs to check, but like when you actually are pregnant to make sure you're aware that you're not getting that. So 
I know yes. exercise, you're not to do certain things, but even on a daily basis, yeah, like getting out of bed and stuff, are there, I know there are certain things you shouldn't be doing. Yes. And do you know what? Yes, there is, most definitely. Um, you'll notice that, so again, as you go through pregnancy, you don't want to be just sitting straight up like you do in bed, as you would do normally, not in pregnancy. Um, you want to be rolling onto your side and literally pushing yourself up. Um, comically, for me, I knew that I had diastasis because even putting trousers on, it looked like I had a snake down the front of my tummy again you will see it so um our normal modification for burpees during pregnancy is to elevate them so put you on a box and what you can do is it sounds crazy is to get someone to lie and has to be someone in your household now <laughs> is to lie underneath and see if they can see the coning on your tummy so yes there is definitely ways to check for it again what I would recommend as well so um as athletes and especially if you had a six pack before you were then pregnant the likelihood is you will have more of a substantial abdominal separation purely because when you have a six pack, you're already creating that tension on your linear alba because you have created that muscle to make it tight as possible. So when you then add pregnancy to that, so it's already tight and then you stretch it beyond belief, um, you are likely to have excessive abdominal separation. So, um, I would highly recommend a pelvic floor physiotherapist. Um, you can see them privately or you can get them through the NHS. Without a doubt, they are like worth weight in gold because they can test you internally as to how, what your pelvic floor is doing, if there is any prolapse. Um, and also they can test for you your diastasis. Um, in both pregnancies, I had a lot of pain. Um, and again, because I was textbook, six pack, it was tight as anything. There was no room for babies and they literally just shredded them apart. And so I was in constant pain. Um, and what my pelvic floor PT did was she gave me what essentially was a bump tube grip and I could have kissed her <laughs> for the amount of support it gave me because I'd literally tried everything. I tried bump bouts, I tried um, core exercises. I, I had tried everything in order to get the pain to go away, including just lying down doing nothing, which pained me more, I think. And by just having a tube grip that covered literally from, I try and find a photo of it actually, because I have one of, of me wearing it. It is the most unglamorous thing you will ever see in your lives. But what it did was it supported that diastasis. And again, I wore it straight after labor and it just helped support my abs. The other thing as well that I would highly recommend not doing, and this is your time ladies to get out of this forevermore, is not pushing a shopping trolley. I know, 
Same. I felt the same. I was like, what? <laughs> because pushing a heavy shopping trolley is the hardest thing for your core to control. So if you are pregnant, and especially later on in your pregnancy, where you are heavily pregnant, bump is big, you already have this abdominal separation, then trying to push a trolley around, it puts massive pressure on your linear alba. So yeah, that would be that would be another test. If you're in pain pushing a shopping trolley, or if you're pushing that shopping trolley and you can look down and you're like, that's not right, then yeah, that would be another indication to say yes you have abdominal separate in pregnancy yeah yeah is that did that answer your question yeah yeah no it's good any other questions oh good <laughs> i can feel the sigh of relief you know and you think i don't know what's coming <laughs> Oh, good. Well, I hope, ladies, if you do have any questions, um, please feel free to PM me um, either Facebook, Instagram, wherever. Um, please feel free to contact me. Or if you can't find me on those platforms, um, send your question to any of the Valesco coaches and they can forward it on to me. Um, and I'll be happy to come back to you with um, the answer or if it's exercise you know, anything that you need um, but yeah please don't think that you can't ask is the the main thing um, and yeah just be kind to yourselves ladies I think that's the hardest bit especially when you then have this bundle of joy or sleeping eating pooping repeating um, we tend to get a bit lost and think, I must bounce back. I must have this body back. Why is this body not working how it should be? And it's just not the case. You just need time. So, um, so yeah, please, please be kind to yourselves because you'll all be doing amazing. All right. So, um, yeah, any questions, just feel free to post either on the group to me or to any of the coaches. All right. Lovely to see all your lovely faces. And um, I'll see you, hopefully, I might even see you in the flesh one day. That'd be nice. <laughs> or I might even see you with your babies. That'd be even better. So uh, yeah, go steady and I'll, uh, I'll see you soon. Awesome. How good was that? Chrissy? we are super thankful for your time and your knowledge. Team, if that has piqued your interest in any way, shape or form, you have any unanswered questions, Please reach out, ask the questions. We don't expect you to know what you don't know. So let's utilize the people that do. As I said, we will see you again next time. Take care, look after each other, have a lovely day.